Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. The scripture says that the Bible is like a mirror. I want you to raise your, your, your book up there. Raise it up. This is a mirror. And when you look into this, wherever you are, you are looking into the perfect law of what? Liberty. And what you behold is what you can be, what you can become. And that's very important. And you can overcome the limitations. You can conquer the limitations that have been set up in your life. Whether it's by the devil, whether it's by other people, or whether it's you yourself that have put those constraints on your life. Just simply because of unbelief, you know, or just, I don't know, maybe you could, sometimes you're just too lazy to do anything about it. Maybe you know it, but you just don't do anything. You know, whatever the case may be. But God wants us to look into the mirror and see ourselves the way He sees us. You remember Gideon and how God saw him totally different from the way that he was behaving and what he was doing at the time. And God looked at a man that was fearful, timid, and shaken in his boots and said, You mighty man of valor. And you see, when we look into the perfect law of liberty, see, that was the word of God, wasn't it, to Gideon? Well, we got the perfect law of liberty or freedom that is given here. And when we look into it and we behold what it says, we can become that. That's why we can say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If you're facing something in life that is very difficult, if you're facing something in life that has you confined and constraints on your life, you just begin to talk about the greater one that's on the inside of you. You just begin to talk about that uh, God always causes you to triumph in Christ Jesus. Well, now, you know, you don't know about this. You know, I don't really have victory. I said God always causes you to triumph. If you're not in victory and triumphing, then you're not in the place that God has for you. And many of us, there are things in our life and we may not be there in that particular place, but we need to be on our way there. And we need to put that word in our mouth that we are triumphing, that we have the victory through Jesus Christ. You may not have the victory through yourself. It may look like defeat on every side of you. But we're not looking, you know, to ourselves. We're looking to God. We're looking to the Holy Spirit. We're looking to the power of Almighty God to bring some changes and take those restrictions off of our life. Amen? I don't want to be restricted anymore, do you? All right, um, let's look at 1 Corinthians 2.16 out of the Amplified. If you can put that up for us and, you know, you can look there in your Bible because, of course, the Amplified does just what it says. It amplifies the thought or the scripture there. Now, let's look at this. For who has known or understood the mind, the counsels, and the purposes of the Lord so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge? Boy, that would be someone that's all puffed up and prideful, wouldn't it? That we think that we can teach God, that we can, uh, that we can tell Him 
what he needs to do. But he says this, we we don't do that, but we have the mind of Christ. In other words, he shares information with us. He shares thoughts with us. His thoughts can be our thoughts. His ways, the Bible says, are higher than our ways. And look at this, but we have the mind of Christ. Right now, you have the mind of Christ. Not tomorrow, not next week. Right now, you have it. Now, have you tapped into it? You have to determine that on a, on a personal level. And do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. I'm so glad that we can have his thoughts, his feelings, and his purposes that can be a part of our life. I'm telling you, God wants to share his secrets with the church, but not everybody taps into the secret. Not everybody taps into the mysteries. But you know what? I've determined in my life, as much as God wants to share with me, I want to know about it. And if I've got limitations or restrictions on my own self and on my own thinking, I want God to reveal that to me, that I can deal with it so that I can get into His thoughts and His purposes and His feelings. How does God feel about this? Have you ever asked yourself, how does God feel about this? You know sometimes how you feel about it. Well, is that God's feelings? Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes, you know, you take somebody that's being nasty and mean and unkind, and we don't have the God kind of thoughts at all, do we? But do you know if we would begin to get the feelings and the thoughts of God, we would begin to sense compassion for the people that are treating us or treating others maybe how they are and, and, and begin to sense why are they doing that. God would give us insights into why they are doing what they're doing. In other words, we receive the feelings and the thoughts and the purposes of God rather than our own. Self, Because I tell you, this old nature that we have that is warring in our members that the Bible talks about, you know, it's an ugly thing. And we have to deal with that. And we have to keep that pushed down and allow God to live big within our life. Amen? It's really true. So we have right now the mind of Christ. Our minds... Now... Let me say this, in your mind you have a brain, but there, there is a spiritual side to your mind. Did you know that? And when you die and you go to heaven or Jesus comes, there's going to be a part of your mind, that spiritual mind that lives on. Isn't that true? And when you go to heaven, you're going to know people. And when you go to heaven, you're going to remember scripture. And when you go to heaven, you're, you're going to remember things that God did in your life probably and that he did for other people. So you've got a spiritual mind that's going to live on. The brain, you know, with the body will, will, will die. But you've got a spiritual side to your mind that will live on. And you can have and live in the mind of Christ. I really believe that. We have the ability right now to think right, to make good decisions and make good judgments in our life. We don't have to live stumbling and bumbling through life. What, is that the will of God? You know, is this what I need to do? We don't have to stumble and bumble. And we don't have to be indecisive either. You know, some people just absolutely cannot make a decision. I believe in gathering the facts and know before you make a decision. No, get get things out on the table. You know, I like to research and do things, and boy, 
boy, Eddie, I'm telling you, he researches everything from top to bottom. You know, but then once you've got all the facts and you've got the things out there, then make a decision. Indecision will will uh, just uh, cause you to be stale and stop you and not able to progress on, to, you know, to kick out those tent pegs. It will hold you. Indecision will hold you. And I believe that that's an enemy to the, the child of God. It's an enemy to the church. You know, God is wanting to move in a body and he wants to do some particular things. He wants to add a new dynamic. He wants to add a new dimension. But you got people that dig their heels in and won't let you do it. You see, that's not God. Oh, we've never done it that way. You know, no, we need to make a decision. And once we know what we need to do, then we need to go for it and not second guess everything. Oh my God, am I going to make a mistake? You probably will. We all do. But that's not the intention, is it? And is it the most horrible thing if you do make a wrong decision? No, but it, we want to tap more and more into the mind of Christ so that we don't do that so much. Amen. But God wants to give us His mind and impart information to us that will help us. We talked out of Psalm 78, 41. It says, yes, again and again, they tempted God. You know, I hope God doesn't say that about me, don't you? I don't want Him to say that about me, do you? Well, she just tested me again and again with that murmuring and complaining. You know, not... not Seeing what I said in my word and believing that I would do that for her. You see, I don't want to be that kind of person, but I want to be the kind of person that when I look into this perfect law of liberty, what I see is what I believe, and what I believe is what I do. Don't you? And what I see and do, I want to speak that. I want to say that rather than complaining and murmuring about you know, why it's not working or whatever. You know what? I, I'm just, you know, I, I just speak it until it happens. I'm acting like it's true because it is. And it'll change our circumstances if we'll believe that. So again and again, they tempted God and listen and limited, they restricted God in their life and in their situation. Now, how did they do that? You, you remember that when the story of when the 10 spies or the 12 spies went over, uh, you know, to spy out the land. You remember that? When they got over there, they said there's giants in the land. You know, they're, you know they'll overcome us. And when they got over there, though, they saw the giants, but they also saw the provision. But they let the giants in their own minds and in their thought life be greater than the provision that God said, I have given this into your hands. They didn't hear that word. All they saw was the giants. Let me tell you, we're all going to have giants in our life. Every day there are giants that rise up. And sometimes they're bigger than others, but the giants are out there. But I'm going to tell you, you need to have the mind of Christ. You need to think like God thinks and not limit God in your life like those 10 spies limited God. God said, it's yours. Go get it. But we can't, God, because the giants are there. There are giants everywhere. But he gives you a word and he said, it's yours. Go get it. Deal with the giant. Take their head off. 
cut their head off, just like Goliath. How do you cut the giant's head off? Well, David took out those stones. What? The stone is the word, the rock, Jesus. And the word of God, that's how you take it off. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. You get the word out and take the head off. You take the head off, you get the place of power. And in your head is a place of power too. And it's connected to your heart and your mind and what you think about and the limitations that you put on yourself. You can change that. Well, I just live in the projects and my parents have lived in the projects. In Jesus' name, you get out of the projects. You get it out of you. You get it out of your mind. You get those limits and restrictions out of you. And when the Bible says that it's like a sword, you know what the Word of God will do if you will allow it to? It will take and begin to cut that just like the master surgeon. And it'll cut it out of your life and begin to insert the promises of God, the Word of God, the thoughts of God, the purposes of God, the feelings of God will come into you if you will deal with it. But if you just go on, oh my God, that was the best sermon I've ever heard. Hallelujah, I'm just on top of the world. I think I could just dance and shout, you know. And then the next time we see you, you're just as defeated as ever because you heard it and you didn't do anything with it. You didn't believe it, you didn't speak it, and you didn't act upon it. You didn't do it. So... We can live that way continually and come in and get our tank full and then go out and let it spill out everywhere. I don't, I don't want to just drain out. You know, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm ministering to people, yes, you're going to expend spiritual energy and you've got to be filled back up. But I just don't want to go out there and just leak out because of defeating the giants that are in the land. Do you? No. I want to be able to minister and out of that ministry, you know, and then come back and get filled up again. Amen. But, but there are those giants it were in the land there and the spies went over there to, to just see what it was like and come back and tell all the Israelites, you know, what, what was going to, to be there and be their future. And the 10 brought back what the Bible says was an evil report. It is evil to think that God will not perform what he said that he would do. It's evil not to think the thoughts of God about you and about your situation. You say, well, evil? Yes, he said it was. He said it was an evil report. See, God said, it's yours, go get it, take it. Oh, but we can't because, you know, you can never do anything if you got excuses all the time. Just go do it. You know, I, I just think about, you know, 32 years ago next month that God began to speak to Eddie and me about this church. And we could have just said, well, God, you know, we we've never... You know, we've never started a church before. You know, we've never pastored before. We don't have any money. We don't have a place to meet. Not only that, we don't have any people that believe in us. Now think about that. Giants in the land, yeah, they were looming everywhere. But you know what? We had seen ourselves in the Word of God and in the mirror. 
And we began to see, as he is, so are we in this world. Oh man, I sense the anointing of God. I tell you what, we began to see ourselves that way and we didn't look and ask the giants if they'd get out of our way. We said, you just look out because here we come. Would you please move out of my way, giant? You giant mountain and obstacle, would you just please get out of my... If you think that's going to get the devil out of your way and that's going to get the problems out of your life and that's going to make people act nice, no, it's not. We didn't, people didn't want us to begin this church. They fought us. They talked about us. They'd get on the radio and preach about us. They'd call on the phone and talk about us. We, we don't need to do that. There are too many churches in Knoxville now. I tell you what, we need more churches all over this nation because we need to be touching other people for Jesus. And all they were concerned about is we were going to get some people that they knew. And it's like people they will follow you are not going to follow us, most likely, you know twice dead and plucked up by the roots, like I talked about, you know? That's mean, isn't it? Give me your thoughts, Lord. (laughs) But I tell you, if you wait until everything is perfect, you'll never do anything. And we had to run over those things. We ran over it not just you know, blindly, we ran over it because we had a sure word of prophecy from the Lord. I'm not talking about somebody gave us a prophecy. I'm talking about we saw ourselves in this book and we knew what God had for our life. And I say that we, we knew the direction to begin. We didn't see the full picture, but we got on that track. And so if you're waiting to get, you know, permission from the giants and permission from your family and permission from your friends, you're never going to do anything. I can tell you right now, I would not be standing where I am tonight and preaching. I would not be where I am in doing the things that I do for the Lord if I ask people if I had permission to do that. Because people want to squeeze you into this mold. Now, God wants to do that, and we'll look at that scripture in a minute. God wants to put you in a mold and mold you in His likeness and image. But see, people want to get you in this image. Now, you be a good little pastor's wife, and you do things this way, and 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 you do this, and, and, and you talk this way, and you handle yourself this way. You know, that's not what God said for me. That's not what He said for me to do. He didn't tell me to get in, in the mold of, you know, backslidden Christians who wouldn't accept or receive a person because they were female. And I'm not getting in that mold. And I I jumped out of that thing a long time ago, and I'm on the road. I'm going. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So you just just have to see yourself, and you got to do what God calls you to do. Amen. Amen. And and, and, in thinking about, you know, what God has for your life, you... I tell you, you know what you need to do? We all need to refresh ourselves on the blessing and the cursing in Deuteronomy 28. And we need to see what God, and I'm not going to turn us there, but do that this week. That would bless you real good to just refresh yourself on that. Because there's a blessing out there that God wants to bless you in every way possible. And then there's a curse out there that wants to bring evil, and, and failure and defeat 
on your life. But you see, God has not called us into cursing. He's called us into blessing. We've been blessed with faithful Abraham. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible says that we've been redeemed from a curse. I'm not walking under a curse. You know, I get these silly things, and I wish people wouldn't do it, but, you know, they'll email you something. You know, uh, you have to send this to 12 people, and if you don't, you know, a curse is going to... I just, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I'm not sending it to anybody, and I don't receive any curse. You go back from where you came from. You know, I'm not cursed. I'm blessed. And I'm blessed so that God can use me to be a blessing. Did you hear me? And you are too. Now listen to this. Well, I'm going to turn you there. Let's turn to Philippians. Uh, We'll look at chapter number 2, Philippians 2, and verse number 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Now... We have the mind of Christ, but we have to allow or permit the mind of Christ to be in us. So that tells us it's not just automatic. So when you get born again, boom, it all happens. You get born again, you have the ability to have the mind of Christ. And he says, let this mind be in you. Permit the mind of Christ to be in you because it was in Jesus first and now it comes to you. And he says this, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, you know what that says right there? It's telling you and me that Jesus knew who he was. He wasn't having an identity crisis. And I don't want to have an identity crisis. Do you? Now, I had one for a good while trying to figure out, you know, but I didn't have to struggle to be in an identity crisis. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who thought it was not robbery to be equal with God. In other words, know who you are, just like he knew he was. But you see, sometimes when people, well, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you know, it's just, you know, treat people like dirt, that they're not better than you. That's not what he's saying. Let's keep reading it but made of himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And so that tells us when you have the mind of Christ, you know who you are. But you know what? You have humility in your life. You deal with the pride of life and the pride that's in your heart. You know, you deal with that just like Jesus did. And that's very important that we we are not haughty in spirit. The Bible has a lot to say about pride. It'll, it, it says that you will fall if you are in pride. And destruction will come your way if you are in pride. And so God said, know who you are, but don't, don't have a haughty spirit about it. You go in the power of of knowing who you are and and what Jesus has wrought in your life and now what He wants you to do and how He wants you to minister out of that overflow to other people. You know, I'm, I, I come in here and I, I don't... I on purpose do things. You know, if I see trash in here or in the yard or I need to straighten something up or I need to take... I'm not too 
full of pride to do that. Well, we're just going to let somebody else do that. Well, there's times where you may have to let somebody that that's their responsibility. And I don't go around doing, you know, the janitorial work. But if I see something, I'll take care of it. And you know what? That keeps me on a good level where I need to be, where I don't get so full of pride that I think, well, that's beneath me. Yeah, it may be beneath all of us, but it's got to be done. So somebody has to do it, right? And so we do, but, but keeping ourselves with the right mind, being a servant of God and, and ministering to one another and doing things for each other, you know, uh, I, I just, it's, it's the just most wonderful thing to me. And see, that's the kind of attitude we need to have as Christians. We'll do whatever it takes. You know, I go out in the yard and Eddie does too. He'll go out there and, you know, if somebody's throwing down their Coke can or whatever, we'll go out there and pick it up. We're not too good to do that. And we need to keep ourselves touchable. Did you know that? We really do. We don't need to be untouchable. Too many untouchables in the ministry today. And I'm not saying that about any one person because I don't have anybody in mind. But, but we don't need to be untouchable. Now, I know that there's times where we can't just be, if we're going to minister just like this morning, I don't want to be caught up in a lot of things because the Holy Spirit is talking to me. So I'm not talking about things like that. But but you know, we need to be touchable. We don't need to be anybody's doormat and let everybody dump on us and then try to minister. That doesn't work. But, but we need to be touchable. Amen? And so here we can see that we need to allow Christ's mind to be in us. We need to give permission for His mind to come into us. In other words, if that's true, then we can block the mind, the feelings, and the purposes of God from our life. Amen? In Proverbs, it says this, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The things you think about in your heart when no one is around, you know, in, in those times where you're alone, uh, you know, you're, you're in your bed at night and it's dark everywhere, but there's your mind, you know. As you think, as a man thinks, so is he. As what you're thinking on, you will become. That's why people that commit murders, that commit rape, that commit crimes and harm and hurt other people is because they think about those things and then they become. You watch pornography, you're going to be a pervert because that's what you think about. If you think about, well, I'm going to go down and, you know, to the bar or the store, and I'm going to get some beer, I'm going to get some liquor, then you'll do that and follow that. But if you think different thoughts that are renewed by the Word of God, and you begin to think the way He tells you to think, and you begin to look in the mirror and see yourself, I'm going to tell you, if you'll begin to do that, next week you'll be different. Next month you'll be more different. In six months, no one will know you. In one year, what a change. You understand what I'm saying? So it's never too late to begin this process, but you must begin. And you, you, you need to allow the mind of Christ to be your mind. And you can change your circumstances. You can change the things that are going on in your mind. 
Now, we talked earlier about the children of Israel. And as I began to, I read that story about the spies, you know, going into the promised land. There were several things that I noticed about them. They were thinking wrong. They didn't see in the right perspective. It was human understanding, human thinking, human reasoning that they were dealing with. But all the time, God was trying to get his mind to abide within them, his feelings, his purposes, because he had given them the promised land. But they did not possess it for a long period of time after that. So what does that tell me and you? Because of our thinking, we can restrict and confine ourselves with these limitations that keep us away from the blessings that await in the promised land because of our wrong thinking. Not only did they have wrong thinking, they had wrong talking. We'll never be able to get those giants. You know, if you cooperate with the wrong kind of thinking, you'll stop yourself. The devil doesn't have to stop you. If you, you just take those thoughts, what are you doing with those thoughts that come into your mind? See, you have to deal with them. The Bible says, cast down thoughts and imaginations. Imaginations, that's what the, the, the devil, uh, you, you know, he, he puts and displays in front of us. He wants us to imagine ourselves in a way that's contrary to what God wants. So you cast down the thoughts and imaginations that are contrary. Every Look, you may have to do this. I've, I've had to do it before. Wrong thoughts. You know, I, I get upset with someone and they've really harmed me and they've really hurt me. And I have to deal with that. And I have to deal with it not just one time, but over and over again. Every time that thought comes, I cast that thought down in the name of Jesus. I love my enemies. I do good to those who despitefully use me. See, you begin to counter with the Word of God. Let me tell you something. When the wrong thinking and the wrong talking starts, then what needs to happen at that point in time is you answer back. Everybody say answer back. Not just sit there and allow that thought to begin to steep like, you know, you put a tea bag in a cup of water and, you know, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. You don't need to do that. You need to deal with it and you need to talk back. See, that's what God wants us to use, to do. Use our mouth as a weapon of warfare. And not just every wrong thought and every perverted thought and every uh, unbiblical thought that comes to us that we just, well, that's just the way it is. That's the way I am. No, it isn't. If you're a child of God, you have the ability to have the mind of Christ, but you have to allow it to come into you when you read these scriptures. Amen? Not only did they have wrong thinking and wrong talking, but they just, they just flat believed wrong. You can believe the wrong things. Who shall believe my report is what Isaiah said. And he was talking about the, the word of God that, that God used him to pen in the book of Isaiah. Who's going to believe this report? The report is out there. You know, I'm amazed there's times that truth is out there, truth about what's going on and what's happening, but people don't have it. They don't hear it. They don't get it. But you see, Isaiah is crying out and he said, who is going to believe my report? You see, that's the question. 
Oh, sure, I believe that report. You know, see, again, we can be like those people, you know, that come in and, you know, have a rip-roaring time and hallelujah time. And I love all that. You know me, I, I love it. But, but, you know, when your feet settle down on the ground, you, you need to be steadfast on the Word of God and know what you believe or finding out what you believe. Amen? All right. So, now listen to this. Proverbs 16.23 out of the Amplified Bible says, The mind of the wise instructs his mouth and adds learning. The mind of the wise, listen to this, instructs your mouth. If you're wise, if you have the mind of Christ, let it instruct your mouth so that you're not saying so many things that are contrary to what God wants you to do with your life and what He wants to provide for you. Let your, let your renewed mind be the one and, and not just, you know, like turning on a faucet. Have you ever been around anybody like that? It's just like turning on the faucet and here comes out all this stuff, you know. And, and a lot of it is just junk. And, and we need to let our minds instruct our mouth and not be speaking out so many things that are contrary. Yeah, I go to that word church. Bless God, we speak in tongues and we pray for the sick. And yeah, we're, we're on fire for God. But what are you doing with the information that you have, you need to let that mind that you have in Christ Jesus be renewed. Can you say that? Amen. All right. Now listen to this. This is in Philippians 4, 8. Uh, let's put that up in the Amplified, Ephesians 4, 8. I'm just going to read from there and not read from the King James, Okay. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there be any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things." Fix your mind upon them. You see, you can fix your mind. That's what I want you to see there. You can fix your mind. Say, fix my mind. Fix my mind. Well, what does that mean? That, that means hold it steady and keep it in a thought uh, uh, wave. Keep it on a thought pattern that God gives you. You can fix your mind. You don't have to be, you know, all over the, the page, you know. You, you can think the thoughts of God. Keep your mind fixed. And when, you know, the enemy comes and when people come and circumstances come your way to get you pulled off into something that's, that's going to get you in trouble because your, your mind is not, in, you know, the spiritual mind is not instructing your mouth, but, you know, you just cut the faucet on and here it comes. Fix your mind and think upon these things whatsoever is pure, lovely, just, you know, virtuous, you know, good character and integrity and that kind of, Think upon these kinds of things. Don't think that everybody's out to get you. Don't think that, you know, everybody is your enemy. Do you know that's one of the things that the devil uses? And I've seen that through the body life of this church over the years. I've had people come to me, well, I know you don't like me. It's like, don't like you. I don't know you. 
you know, or this person over here, they just gave me a look. I know they don't like me. It's like, see, that's just the devil. And that is not thinking the thoughts of God. But Because you, you need to think on whatsoever things are lovely, not what's unlovely. Amen. We could, you know, just camp out and go there for a while. But Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind and keep it set on what is above, what's uh, on the higher things, not on things that are on the earth. Now, when you set your mind, that means that you're decisive. You're not wavering back and forth, you know. The Bible talks about a, a, a man uh, that wavers. Is, he's tossed, you know. Don't be double-minded, but have the mind of Christ. And set your mind, be decisive, be determined, be definite, and be established. That's really what it's talking about there when it, it says set your minds. Don't only set your minds, but make sure that you keep your mind set on the things that we just talked about in Philippians. Amen? And in Deuteronomy eleven eighteen, it says, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and mind. Fix it. You know, I looked that up. You know what that's talking about? Anchor. Anchor the, this word of mine. Not the word of the news. Not the word of CNN. Not the word of any other news station or the bad news, you know, that's all over the world. Don't fix your mind and anchor yourself in that. But anchor yourself in His word. That's what He said. Fasten yourself. It also, I, I like this, I look this up, and it, it, this fix also means to cement. I don't know about you, but, you know, if, if you go out and, and um, you, you go into an area where they pour cement, you know, at first, you know, before it sets up and hardens, what, what happens? You, it's just pliable and anything. But I'm telling you, once it sets up, I mean, you have to get a jackhammer to get it out, right? To bust it out of there. Well, cement the Word of God into your mind. Now, I'm going to tell you, that doesn't just happen by casual reading. It just doesn't happen once a week picking up your Bible. I'll be the first to say sometimes my schedule gets so crazy and it's, it's hard sometimes to get into the Word every day and I'm just being very honest with you. And so I know that it, it is for you too. But the thing about it is I make myself, if at all possible, if I have to stay up late or get up early or whatever I have to do to get into the Word of God because I have to fix His Word in my heart and in my mind. I have to let it set up like concrete where I believe it more than I believe anything else that I hear. And I began to fix His Word in my heart so that the limitations that this world puts upon my life, I can conquer them through the Word of God. Amen? Now I'm going to finish up here. Well, I'm not even going there. I'm, 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 I'll do this. Let's turn to Romans 12. I was going to do something else, but I'm not. Just changed my mind right in the middle of it. Romans 12. And verse number 2. Now we're talking about conquering life's limitations and having and receiving 
the mind of Christ. In verse number two of Romans 12, it says, and be not conformed or shaped and patterned to this world. Now, I want you to understand this. There's a pattern and there's a shape that the world has for every person on the face of the earth. And they want to restrict you and confine you and constrain you, I'm talking about the world, into this pattern. But this pattern is not the pattern that God gives to you. It is not the pattern that He has for you. He said, so, and be not, do not allow the world to form and shape and pattern your life. That's why we're peculiar. You know the Bible calls us a peculiar people. That's why we're priests and kings unto our God. We are not like other people in the world. Well, you're just like me, someone says, that doesn't know the Lord. No, no, I'm not. I don't think I'm, you know, better than you in that, you know, there's anything in my life that makes me better than you. But I do think Jesus in me makes me a lot different than the person that's in the world. I believe that. So, we, we don't need to be conformed to the pattern. See, I tell you, the world will say, it's okay, you know, smoke a little weed. It's okay, drink a little bit. It's okay, you know, uh, sleep around. You know, you live with somebody. You don't need to get married first because, you know, you might not like them anyway. You know, that doesn't matter. That is a pattern that the world has set. But we better get out of that pattern. We better get out of that mold because that'll lead to a lot of problems. And we better do it God's way. So don't be conformed. You know, see, today, I mean, we, we're just... I, I can't imagine it. I mean, I can't imagine it. Just have babies out of wedlock, not married... And just think, well, that's the normal thing to do. It is normal for the world, but it's abnormal for the Christian. Because that's not the pattern that God has. He said, you get married and you be dedicated one man to one woman. And then you have those children and you bring them up and give them an opportunity. Now, if somebody's, you know, that's happened... We can't go back and undo that, so I'm not condemning. But I'm saying that we don't need to accept that. Well, let's just give them a baby shower. No, honey, I'm not giving them a baby shower in a situation like that. Now, I may slip them a gift behind the scenes and say, I love you, but I'm going to not send a message that it's okay to do that and live like that because that's a shape and a pattern of the world. And you say, well, that's too hard. That's not the love of God. It is the love of God. And I tell you, if I get a chance or other women in this church in leadership, if they get a chance, they'll go to those people and they'll talk to them and say, listen, we love you, but that's not the way of the Lord. And somebody needs to say that to you and get them restored because that's not the way to live. That's conforming to the world. Oh, that's too hard. That's too hard. I'm going to tell you what's hard is raising those babies when you're a single parent and you don't have money to do what you need to do and that little child doesn't have the parents that it needs and that's the problem in our nation right now. We don't have daddies that are stepping up and taking their place. You know it's right. You know it's right. Children need their daddies. 
and they need their mothers. But you know, they don't even really, when they're brought up like that, they don't even have their mothers because they're working every moment trying to provide for their family. And so they don't have the time to raise their children and to teach them and to train them. So it's just a really sad thing. But that's the pattern of the world. That's conforming to the world. And we don't do that, do we? If, if that's been in our life, we can, again, change that. So be not shaped or patterned to this world. But now listen, don't conform to the world, but be ye transformed or changed and transfigured by the renewing of your mind. And renewing your mind means this, that you take the information that's in your mind now and you update it. You update your thinking. You update the way you feel. You update the way you think. That You update the way you see things. And you see it the way God says it. The way He instructs. Because the hard way is going the way of the world. See what the world doesn't tell you. You know, oh, let's go out and have a... You can't go out and party with me because you're a Christian. You don't have fun. I tell you what, two years from now when they're in jail or divorced or killed or whatever the case may be, you just see. You just see. If you followed that pattern. And then let's see how happy you would be. But we need to be renewed in how we're thinking, updating our minds to think like God thinks. Amen? That's very important. Now, uh, Romans 12, 2, and I'm ending here. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Now, remember, now, how many of you women, maybe some of you men, um, you have like a mold and you can put jello or a cake or, or, you know, like some pans, bunt pans, they'll have a pattern, you know, that kind of thing. You can pour your cake batter in there, pour your jello in there, stick it, you know, the jello in the fridge, bake that cake. And what happens when you take it out of the mold? What happens? It conformed to the pattern that was in that mold. It look, that jello looked like the mold. If, if, if the jello, um, you know, mold that you, you poured the jello into, if it, you know, had little flowers or, or whatever on the sides of it, that's what it looked like. Well, see, don't let the world squeeze you into that mold because when you come out, that's exactly what you're going to look like the world's mold. Don't let the world squeeze you into that mold. This is the way you should be. This is the way you should talk. This is the way, you know. And if you don't do it my way, then you're peculiar. That's right. I'm very peculiar. I'll be the first to admit it. And I like it that way. And God likes it that way. And He'll like that way for you too. Because we don't need to be squeezed into a mold. This is, you know, this is the way you believe. This is the way you think. This is the way you act, and this is the way that you talk. Mm-mm, not squeezing me in that mold. Not getting in there. Not going to do it. So don't let the world around you squeeze you into the mold, but let God remake you so that your whole attitude of mind is changed. You need to have a new attitude of mind to think like God thinks and, and know and understand 
that you can make some decisions in your life right now that will set the course by allowing the mind of Christ to be in you and knowing that His sufficiency or ability will help you be able to do whatever it is that you're called to do in Christ Jesus. And see, I have no qualm in saying this. You have a purpose to be upon this earth. God wants you to do something with your life. Are you, are you there? Are you doing it? And if not, let the mind of Christ be in you. Let Him pour His plan into your life. If, if you know that you're in that, you just continue to walk. You look into that perfect law of liberty and you see the words of God. You see what He's given you and you anchor your mind in that, into those truths and you become what God wants you to become. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.